Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing well. Today on the show, we will be joined by former college baseball player at Charleston Southern. He was a pro ball player in the Cubs organization after being drafted in the 19th round in the 2017 draft. But his story is not about sports. This is an inspiring story perspective and this guy is unbelievable so stick around for the conversation Uh, I'll tell you more about him in just a moment but let me ask you this do you need your own health insurance well go to healthmarketgenius.com know your options it's healthmarketgenius.com support them as they support us also If you are a subscriber to the Unpacking It podcast, you know that we also send out the Audible Minute every week, uh, which is a a quick thought from former Carolina Panther and Ohio State Buckeye Nate Sally, and that is presented by Paradigm 360 Coaching and Consulting, so we appreciate their support and appreciate Nate Sally. So be sure to subscribe to Unpacking It so that you'll get this podcast and the Audible Minute. All right. So Chris Singleton, his mother was tragically killed at a church in Charleston on June 17th, 2015. And it is just a, a, a heartbreaking story to hear. It's evil. It's, it's just, you know, terrible in every way. However, The response that Chris Singleton has will absolutely inspire you today. And so he'll share all about that. And and basically, it's all about forgiveness. And and so stick around. At the end of the interview, I'll share some other uh, thoughts on who Chris Singleton is and and what he represents. And man, he's now an inspirational keynote speaker and he does you know interviews and he's been featured on e60 usa today the today show si now and today he's on unpacking it so here we go here is chris singleton intriguing guests and inspiring conversations this is unpacking it with bryce johnson And joining us right now on Unpacking It is an inspirational speaker and author of a new book that will be released on June 17th, a a story about loving your neighbor. It's called Different, and he's a former pro baseball player, Chris Singleton. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Hey, man, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, really uh, thankful to, to have you on today and 
Uh, first up, just to kind of hear how, how you've been doing recently, uh, especially as an inspirational speaker, how has the pandemic affected you and kind of your schedule and, and how have you been able to pivot during a, a difficult time? Yeah, well, um, honestly, man, and, and I call it the entertainment industry or, you know, being a professional speaker, everybody's at home right now. So there's not really much you can do on the road as far as like speaking engagement. So it's definitely taking a hit there. Uh, one way I've been able to pivot is I've still done some virtual, you know, commencement speeches, some virtual graduations for high schools, the colleges. Um, so I've still been able to, you know, share my message and get the word out there. Although um, it's cut, you know, not even in half, it's probably cut by 75% of the engagements that I had uh, going before, but I'm still, you know, positive and hoping that things will get better in the fall and come next, next spring. Absolutely. And, and so, uh, during these last couple months, how has it even affected you from a from a faith perspective, and, and just a maybe even a time of reflection? What what have been some of the things that uh, you've just been able to to do, or even experience uh, with with everything going on with the pandemic? Yeah, with me personally, man, I um, I've got a young son who's two years old, and my I got, I've been married not too long, so I'm always gone when I'm speaking, and so this time has really given me a lot of time to reflect and be home with my family, which is, which has been really cool because uh, when I'm on the road, you know, 150 to 200 days a year, that's wow. taxing. And so I, it's been really good to be able to hang out with my little man and play some ball in the backyard with him, not just, you know, once every couple of days, but every day, all day. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, that, that's cool to hear, especially with a, with a two-year-old. That, that's fun. Well, well, we're, we're going to talk all about your, your story and your journey and, and your, your, your message and, and excited to share all of that. Uh, with our listeners, let let's start with uh, with baseball though, and and you played at Charleston Southern, and ended up being drafted into the Chicago Cubs organization, and ended up you know last year was kind of your the the end of your your baseball career. So so what was the experience like? And as you look back on your career, what what comes to mind, and 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 what are the maybe the best moments that 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 you'll cherish? I always say you know. Playing high school baseball and high school sports, high school basketball was probably the most fun that I had playing. You know, you play with your best friends you grew up with. Yeah. You get to college and you got your eyes set on getting drafted and all that good stuff. So you're working a lot harder in college than you were in high school. You know, once you start playing professional, there's there's a lot more pressure on you. And uh, although it's a ton of fun, you know, it, it's just like college, I feel like, but you're getting paid to play. So it's it, it was it was a great journey, a fun journey, and I made a ton of friends and a lifelong buddies um, along that journey. And and so, lots of great memories. How tough was it to leave the game and, and to know that you were no longer going to continue to pursue a baseball career? Yeah, well, for me, man, I, I've honestly always been, you know, speaking in the off season and traveling, doing that. I'm trying to share that message that I have of you know loving your neighbor and overcoming adversity. So. For me, it wasn't that too, too tough, of a, tough of a transition. I've got a lot of buddies, though, who, you know, play professional baseball, and all they are was, you know, baseball players. They had no idea who they were as a person. And so that transition for them was extremely tough. Uh, but for me personally, man, it was it was just following my passion, is, is, you know, with, with speaking and sharing that message, just like I did with baseball. That's awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, so you've got a, a wonderful message, so so let's – Let's jump into that, and 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 of course we've got to go back to, you know, the key turning point in 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 your life and in what you experienced uh, losing your your mother and who was tragically killed uh, at a church in Charleston on on June seventeenth, twenty fifteen. 
And, and, and before we talk about that, what was your life like before that? What, what was kind of even the, the trajectory that you were on? What, what was your, yeah, just kind of thought process and, and mindset before that, that day? You know, weeks, months, years leading up to that. Yeah, I'd say before that day, man, I was just in a baseball player. Um, you know, my, my dream at that time was to get drafted and buy my mom a Range Rover. Like, yeah. I always say that because yeah. that's all I wanted, really. You know, that was, it was all about me. It was all about what I want to do. Uh, playing sports, you know, it was that way for, for most people until, you know, what happened to me on June 17th and my family kind of shifted my perspective on life, realizing that, yes, it may be cool to, you know, buy your mom a Range Rover and get drafted, but uh, it's also really cool to share messages that can bring people together and get them to the worst of the worst. So let, let's, let's take, take our listeners into this, this experience for you because, you know, we've been blown away by your response to it. But but initially, you know, even your faith before that day, what was your faith like and, and, and how, how I don't know, strong or how reliant were you on the Lord at that point? And then how did this really affect your faith and challenge your faith and, and take you to a deeper place? Yeah, man, I always say that, you know, before um, my mom was killed, I would have considered myself a Christian, but... You know, I only say that because my, my parents went to church, my mom went to church, and I was raised, raised in the church. And uh, so I believe that God was real, but I didn't have a personal relationship, didn't read my Bible by myself, didn't pray myself. Only time I was doing that was at the dinner table, right? Mm. You know, and that, that's where my faith was. Mm. Um, but when this all happened to me, I literally uh, dove straight into my faith, straight into the Word. And, you know, I said, God, I don't know why this is happening to me, why this happened to my family, but... I know there's no way I can get through it without your help. And, and God definitely saw me through those tough times. And, and so many people, you know, hear the, hear your story and think, Oh man, I'd be mad at God. I would turn my back on God. What was different uh, about your experience and, and how, yeah. How, how much did he reveal himself to you and, and, and make it crystal clear that you could turn to him to find strength in this time? Yeah, well, let, I want people to, to understand this. I have, you know, family members that feel that way that say, you know, Chris, I can't believe you, you're such a believer and, I, and your mom was killed in the church while she was praying, right? Mm. Like, like I have family members that believe that, that, that say that to me. Yeah. And you know what? I, I, never, I never try to argue about it. I just know what God has done in my life. And I've set an example and they can see what the Lord is doing actively in my life. Um, so I, I understand when people say, you know, Chris, how is your faith so strong or, I wouldn't be able to have that faith. I totally understand that. I have family members, like I said, that feel that way. Uh, but I feel like in those times when something like that happens to you, you either say, you know, there's no way God is real because it's happened to me. Or you say what I said and said, God, I don't know why this happened or how this even happened, but there's no way I'll be able to keep living my life the way I want to, the way you want me to, if I don't have your help. Mm. And that's when God kind of revealed himself through, through prayer and through, you know, just different things, me feeling convicted to do, me feeling convicted to start speaking, and, and God definitely blessing that. And so the, just, just things like that has definitely strengthened my faith, faith over the years. Oh, that's incredible. So inspiring. And and, and I think for, for even people listening, I, I, I hope that, you know, they don't have to experience what, what you did, but they, they might experience some level of, of adversity and and so, what is your encouragement to someone? And, and you speak all all around the the country, uh, just as far as God being able to guide you through a storm. 
through through a challenge, through a difficulty, and and even you know not to put different levels on on one thing being worse than another, uh, but just some of those principles that 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 you've learned and and that other people can implement into their own journeys. Well, I'll say this is something that I had I've had to learn as a you know thought leader, as a speaker, um, as a person that has influence. I've had to learn that. Not everybody's going to go through the worst of the worst like I have, you know, like not everybody's going to lose a parent the way I did. Not everybody's going to have to grow up at 18 and take care of two younger siblings. Like that's not real for everybody, Mm. but everybody, I guarantee you is going to go through something in their life that's going to shake their face, that is going to, you know, turn their world upside down, whether that's at age six, whether that's at age 15 or that's at age 55, it happens to everyone. Mm. And so I've had to, to just kind of, say, you know what, their struggle is going to be different than mine, but they're still going to have a struggle just the same. And so I, I'm definitely important to people, letting them know that everybody's going to go through something, um, but how you respond to that something will shape the rest of your life. Amen. Amen. No, I love that. And and even your willingness to to speak and, and to, to go this direction, to, to share your story with people, to continue to you know, have to be reminded of it or, or think about it. What was that process like for you? And, and how did God make that clear to you that, that this was the, the, the purpose in your life, the calling on your life to go out and share and inspire and, and use this story to, to impact others? Cause that, that can't have been, I, I can't imagine how, that that was easy to do, but what, what was that? Just that, that willingness to step out and, and, and go, go do this. Yeah, that's a great question, man. I, I feel like for a while, you know, I was getting asked to speak after the E60, after, you know, today's show, on the first pitch for the Yankees. Like, my name was out there, but I personally just didn't feel right standing in front of people speaking and, and talking about what happened to me and my family. Um, it wasn't until I had, like, a, a, a small a, – I, I went to a Christian university at Charleston Southern, and so we had, like, a, a small group meeting for men, like a men's small group meeting. Mm. And the message was, you know, you don't have to be a preacher to preach God's word. Mm. And I said, man, that's, I feel like that was God speaking to me, right? But at the time, I was like, man, maybe it's just a coincidence. I need something else. Like, I need to <laughs> make sure that I was God saying, yes, Chris, I need you. I want you to do this. And so I think like a week or two went by. And then the next Sunday at church, the message was, you know, you don't have to be a preacher to preach God's word. Mm. And I was like, okay, God, that means you're, you're speaking to me. I want to step out on faith and and share, and I shared in a uh, an organization in Florida where we have NFL moms, NBA moms, MLB moms. And they were asking me to speak and accept an award. And I said, you know what, I'll do it. I went, I went down there. I shared. Um, I got a standing ovation, and a lady came out and said, Chris, I don't know what you do right now. I don't know how much you love the sport that you're playing, but if whatever happens with baseball, you know, you you got to start speaking the way you did just now. And so that's when it all started. That is awesome, and and so some of the 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 topics that you you speak on, uh, uh, of course, is is forgiveness, and, and and the fact that you know early on as your story was getting out there, you you were willing to to say, hey, I forgive the man who who murdered my mother, and so man, I mean that's just a it's it's even hard for me to say that out loud, and and so for you to get to that point, take us into what that process was like, and and your yeah willingness to. To, to be out and say that and to now share that, that message with other people. Uh, I'm just, I'm blown away by that. So what maybe give us some insight into just, just your, your heart behind that. 
Yeah, man. Well, well, first, that's that's just God working overtime. That is God working overtime in my heart because if you would have told me at 18 I would forgive the person that murdered my mother, my, you know, the go-getter in our family, our breadwinner, our everything. If you would have told me I would forgive that person, I would have said you were crazy. There's no way in the world that would ever happen. Mm. And that's how I know that God was working in my heart and still is to this day um, because I, I teach forgiveness now. And I've realized that so many believers are still holding grudges from, you know, family members or themselves or whatever it may be years and years and years later. So I've decided to, to learn how to, to, to share with people how forgiveness has allowed me to move forward in my life. I never say you move on from something because, you know, you never want to forget the person you love or whatever it may be, but you're allowed to move forward and still build in the, in the future. And that's what I've been able to do. Oh, it's, it's incredible. And, and, and I would even, yeah, like what does forgiveness mean to you? Because I, I think people don't even understand what it, what it means to forgive. And so maybe, maybe even provide a little bit more clarity on, on what you experienced as far as what, what forgiveness really means in your heart and ultimately how that stems from your understanding of, of Jesus forgiving us and that allows us to forgive. Yeah, but just, just off the top of my head, man, when, when we talk about forgiveness, I'm thinking that it's more of a place in your heart where you don't need someone else to apologize to move forward. Mm. I feel like a lot of times if we're wronged, we want someone else to say sorry. But forgiveness is, is a place in your heart where you say, you know what, I forgive you. And if whether you apologize or not, I, I'm still going to be okay. And I'm still going to be able to live my life and move forward. That's awesome. And, and so to, to me, the other benefit to forgiveness is the freedom that that we experience what what does that kind of look like for you and, and how did you experience just a a level of freedom when you do embrace forgiveness yeah well, well me personally man i would never be able to speak about my mom speak about you know the way she was killed if had i not had had that forgiveness in my heart and to push me forward um that's how i know that it's real that it's true because there's no way i could talk about my mom being shot the way she was and you know, about, you know, her last breath and all that stuff, if I wasn't in a place of forgiveness. Now, does that, does that mean I don't think that, you know, consequences should be, should be given? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't believe that at all because my mom's life was taken away from me. Mm. Uh, but, I, but it does allow me to move forward and say, you know what, I forgive him for doing what he did. And hopefully, in, in my heart, in my, in my truth, I hope that he, you know, confesses to the Lord and, and gives his life to the Lord. Now, I don't, I don't really see that happening in this space right now, but I can only pray that it does happen in the future. And that's just, that's what forgiveness has done in my life, right? Mm-hmm. It's allowed me to move, move through those dark times and even say, not empathy for the killer, but hoping that he gives his life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Because in the, in, the, in the long run, man, I'm thinking, Lord knows if 15 years from now or five years from now, he gives his life to the Lord. And we're both in heaven and we see one another. That's crazy to even think that way. Wow. But I believe that God is so awesome that he is, he is able to heal people in the darkest of the dark time. And I'm also a believer that my mom's rejoicing in heaven right now. Yes, her life was taken away from her in a, in a terrible, terrible way. Mm. But I believe that my mom is up there singing. She, she's dancing. She's having a great time uh, meeting Jesus and, and, having a, and having a ball up there. That's, that's what I believe in my heart. And that's, that, that also has allowed me to be in a space of forgiveness because my faith of heaven is so real. Amen. No, I'm right there with you, and I, I believe that too. And, and, and what, a, 
beautiful uh, yes sight to imagine, and, and can't wait to to be a part of that as well. And and so you, you you know talk about your your mom, and it was just Mother's Day this this past Sunday, and so I I'd love to hear just about your mom and and what. In what ways do you uh, continue to to remember her and, and realize the impact that that she had on who you are and 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 you know your character and 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 ultimately even giving you uh, the, the the skills and the the ability to go out and and honor her in the way that you now live your life? Yeah, man. I always say she was so kind-hearted, so nice but she was also from newark new jersey right so she <laughs> she had a little street smarts to her too right you know what i mean um she she was she was amazing she was an athlete you know i, I always say i got my athleticism from my parents my dad played football in tennessee state my mom ran track in south carolina state and so they definitely blessed me with the athletic gene um and then my mom was a believer man believe it or not like I used to read my mom's Bible after she got killed because I felt like I was close to her. Mm. Right? She would read the Bible, you know, one in the cover to cover throughout the year. And I try to do that now. I'm going to be honest. I failed doing that. I, it was tough for me. I hear you. But, but I still love that I was able to connect with my mom and, and look at those scriptures that she would highlight. And I, w- and I would work, work through and try to ask questions and, and analyze myself with my pastor, which was a really big part of the grieving process for me. Wow, that's powerful. Gosh, that's that's awesome. Uh, yeah, God's word working through that way, and even connecting you not only to Him but to your mom as well through that through that reading is uh, that's powerful, supernatural type of thing. So that, that's encouraging to hear. Well, well, Chris, the uh, the other part of your message, uh, along with you know, faith and forgiveness, and 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 then of course the the love is always stronger than hate. Uh, mantra that that you uh, have have st- stood by as well uh, is the the racial aspect of things and unity and and, and racial reconciliation and, and unfortunately we we continue to have stories and circumstances and and issues that continue to pop up uh, and and it, it's it's uh, it's it's one of these topics that we continue to have to address and so for you being willing to to speak and especially your your willingness to speak to kids and and to provide this this message of the you know the fact that we're different and that we can love the the differences that we have what is your approach to your message your message of of racial reconciliation uh, especially because it is such a tense topic and and people are trying to to wrestle with it, wrap their mind around what they can actually be a part of solutions. And um, I'm not even sure exactly what I'm asking, but it's such a, it's such a, a big topic. So I guess what is your approach to it and, and what would you like to share with our listeners today? Yeah, well, first and foremost, man, I, I feel like a lot of times, uh, you know, when race comes into play, it's an awkward conversation for most people. It's, it's weird. You want to, you know, work your way around it with be politically correct, which I totally understand. But in my story, in my life, my mom was literally taken away because a man wanted to start a race war. Yeah. You know, he said different things about African-American people. And he said, I want to start a race war in our country with black and white people. Mm. For me, it's easy to speak about race because that is my truth. That is really what happened to me in my life. True. And so I know that although we've come a long way, there are some things we still need to work on because if my mom's life can be taken away from her because of the color of her skin, then that means not everything is, is, is as good as we may think it is. Mm. Um, and with me, when I teach to, to students, uh, it, it's simple for me. I teach, 
I teach others to rem- remember that nobody chooses their skin color. Nobody chooses where they're born. Nobody chooses that they will come out of the womb and speak French or, you know, they come, come out of the womb and they speak Portuguese or they speak English. Like nobody chooses their first language. Nobody chooses where they're born. So why would I ever judge someone based on something they couldn't choose in their lives? And I kind of break this down to our students. And when they realize that, hey, no, that is true. Nobody chooses their skin color. You know, maybe my friend Enrique doesn't speak our language or he's in the ESL classes where English is a second language and he's learning English. So maybe I won't pick on him because I didn't choose that I speak English and not Spanish. And so I, I break that down to kids. And, and it's been it's been amazing, man, to see them, you know, smile and grow and realize that it's OK to be a little bit different than one another. That makes us. That makes us awesome, but we never should condemn someone for their differences. Amen, amen, and and just the aspect of of unity, because I'm I'm very uh, passionate about unity in a lot of different ways. From a racial standpoint, here I'm in Charlotte. We're we're planning a Man Up conference, and there's, there's a lot of unity in how we're planning that with different ministries, different churches coming together for for a common uh, goal and common cause. And so I'm I'm all for unity, but I also understand the challenges of of unity and and really people being willing to sacrifice their their preferences their desires that sort of thing so what has your experience been with the desire to see more unity but but recognizing the obstacles and and even i guess your understanding of what are the simple steps we can take toward unity and and specifically racial unity uh, you know, in our cities, in our communities, in, in, in our country, and ultimately in, in our world? I think that's a fantastic question. And just as you were asking it, man, I started thinking about an answer that I've never even shared before. You know, I'm here in Charleston, mm. and, you know, our former mayor, Joe Riley, uh, I heard him speak one time, and he said this. He said, you know, obviously there was segregation. There was people that wanted to stay in those certain you know, types of mind frames when he was mayor or, or just becoming mayor. And he said it was really hard for him to start to get things more diverse or to have different opinions and to, you know, spread that unity. But he said he never would take a tape, a chair away from the table. Mm. He would always bring more chairs to the table. Mm. I think that's amazing because a lot of times we get upset. We get our feelings hurt when our chair has been replaced or our, our opinion, or our perspective has been replaced by someone else. When in actuality, we don't have to replace anybody. We just need to bring new uh, perspectives to the table to, to, to drive that unity, to drive that togetherness. Um, so I, I think that's where we start. I love it. I love it. And, and yeah, just the, the idea of em- embracing differences, and it sounds uh, trite or cliche, but it's, it's such a beautiful thing and an, an enjoyable thing when you can see the differences and enjoy those differences. And um you know, even within families, there are different uh, opinions and perspectives and, and backgrounds uh, that, that we can embrace and experience unity in our family. And then you take it a step out and uh, in our neighborhoods. And, and so uh, to, to see those differences as a negative thing is, is just kind of crazy. But we're, we're, we're guilty of that, unfortunately. And, and so you, uh, you recognize the value of, of being different and seeing differences. And so you actually wrote a kid's book. Uh, about it. And so I love that. And, and it, it's a, a story about loving your neighbor and how incredible is it that you're releasing it on June 17th 
five years later after the tragedy uh, that, that your mom uh, was tragically killed. And so uh, tell us all about this book. I'm, I'm a, a dad of a nine-month-old, and I, I do reading every night. So I'm, I'm always uh, looking for the next book, the new book to read to my little daughter. So uh, tell, tell us all about it. Well, first, congratulations on on your little one, man. That's 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 amazing. I appreciate um, it, man. Is, is she is she sleeping through the night yet or not? Yeah, yet? thankfully, thankfully, because I awesome. I read to her before Praise bed, so she's feeling good and she's off to sleep. I love that, man. I love that. <laughs> so so yeah, man. This this has been on my mind for about a year now. Uh, my little sister Cameron, she's twenty in college, and we talked back and forth about me writing a, a book, and then we we finally came to the idea: I'm going to write a children's book. Now, I'm no author. At first, I wasn't. I didn't know how this was going to happen. All I knew was that I was going to write this children's book, and I wasn't going to stop until I figured out how to do it. Months went by. You know, a, lot, a ton of research had been done. A ton of questions were asked to different people that I know. And here we are, man. We are on the final stretch. And this book is basically a gift to my mom. Mm. My mom's a teacher in the book. Uh, Obina is a kid from Nigeria that comes over to the U.S. He comes to the States, and he's a little bit different, right? He wears a dashiki. Uh, his formal gown in Nigeria, and he's kind of picked on here and there about his hair, about his his clothes, and it's all in good fun, but, you know, he's bullied a little bit. Mm. And I've been at tons of elementary schools from kids that just come over here from wherever they're from, and they get bullied, and and I knew that story all too well. So I kind of highlighted that in here, uh, highlighted my mom and how awesome she is and how she tells Obina, hey, it's okay to be a little bit different mm. because I think that's what makes you stand out and that's what makes you amazing. Mm. And, and so Obina, he gets that. They have this really cool field day. Uh, and even they, they hit my mom's class, Obina's teacher, my mom, they actually win a field day for the school. And so everybody celebrates Obina. It's amazing. And everybody wants to know more about Nigeria. Mm. And I think when we, when we can ask those questions, because sometimes we don't know enough about something and we want to make fun of it as kids. Mm. But when we, when we learn about it and we embrace that culture, that's when we realize it's okay to be different. Mm. So I think it's, it's, it's a great story. I had a, an awesome editor out in California make me sound more like a children's book author, nice. <laughs> nice. Which, 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 was, which was amazing. Uh, but it was, it was a phenomenal experience, man. And I can't wait for pre-orders. They go on sale June 1st and everyone can get it from my website, chrissingleton.com. ChrisSingleton.com. That's awesome, man. Oh, that's so cool that uh, that it came together that way. And uh, what a what a great message to uh, to get out there. And man, just as I'm thinking about all this too, and even we were talking about heaven earlier. Like I always go back to that because when we get to heaven, there's going to be a lot of different people. So we think right now, oh, we can you know stay in our little bubbles, or our little you know neighborhoods or whatever, and and try to keep everything else out. But man, if we truly love Jesus, we're going to be in heaven with a lot of different people, a lot of different perspectives and backgrounds, and and all that kind of thing from from our experiences here on earth. And we're going to be together in perfect unity and harmony. And man, that's what I uh, I long for. And so let's let's bring a piece of that to our, our daily lives, uh, for sure. So man, man, I appreciate your, uh, your heart behind that and, and passion for that as well. Um, and last question, just cause I, I was looking at your website and, and the different topics that you, uh, you speak on. And one of those topics is the power of teammates. And, and I'm a, a big fan of that, that mentality as well. So just kind of a, uh, we'll, we'll end on this note, just the idea that we have to rely on each other and link arms together. What, what would you say to our, our listeners today in, in that regard? Yeah, man, the power of teammates for me goes goes beyond the field. Um, you know, after my mom was killed, I had a group of guys in college that, you know, I could stay up over their house, over their apartment until 2 in the morning, 
and you have a 19-year-old kid talking about his feelings, right? And there's nowhere else that I felt safe enough to do that. And so now when I go to different colleges, I go to different high schools, I tell them, you know, it's okay to be, uh, you know, go through something and speak about it as young men. We don't really get the okay enough to do so. But I know that if we have teammates that we can confide in, man, that is so powerful. So that's really where I'm going with that. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I think it's so key, too, for us as we do take steps to, to, to stand up for unity. We, we've got to find people that we can link arms and, and encourage one another to do that. It's, uh, it, it makes it easier than stepping out alone, uh, you know, to, to be able to, to have that, yeah, the strength from others as well. So, Chris, man, love it and, and really appreciate you being willing to share your story and the fact that you, you speak all around the country doing that is uh, inspiring and keep up the great work. I wish you the best with the book and enjoy the, the time that you have with your, your two-year-old and your wife and uh, so glad to connect with you here on Unpacking It. Thank you so much for having me, brother. Absolutely. There's Chris Singleton. Check out chrissingleton.com and the new book. It releases June 17th. It's called Different. By Chris Singleton. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in studio and so much to unpack. And I'm just blown away by who, really Chris Singleton who he is, and the, the depth of his faith, his willingness to forgive, and, and what God has done in his life. And so God gets all the glory, and, and the way that he's using Chris's story and, and his perspective and his willingness to share his story, and God gives him that strength and gives him that passion to do it, and, and I just love it. I love that he's just able to especially speak to kids and, and speak to you know, us on a show today, sports fans, uh, you know, connect with him from a, the fact that he played baseball to now, man, God has given him this, this whole purpose in life to, to, to take the worst news you could ever hear, to, to, to hear that your mom was murdered and, and while she was in church, to then say, you know what, I'm going to let love drive me, I'm going to let forgiveness drive me, and and God's gonna lead lead the way ultimately, and and so, you know, for us, you know, think about the the silly grudges that we hold, the silly stuff that we're still mad about. It doesn't mean that hey, we've got things that you know that have hurt us and have caused us pain. But I think this just puts a lot of that in perspective. And and so, forgiveness is hard, but but I I do know when we've experienced the grace and forgiveness from Jesus in our own lives. That's what enables us to forgive others. And the, the, the depth of our understanding of that grace and, and our own depravity, our own realization that, man, I, 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 at the core of who I am is evil and I need a Savior. The God of the universe sent Jesus to die on the cross on my behalf, and now I have my sins wiped clean that Jesus paid that punishment and he, if he forgave me, I can forgive others. And so what a powerful message. It's, it's so hard to wrap your mind around what Jesus has done for ourselves, but then to see that in action to where it then leads somebody like Chris to forgive a murderer, the, the murderer who murdered your mom. It's hard to even 
you know, respond and react. It's just, it's so unbelievable, yet so inspiring. You know, people will, will hear his story in different ways, but, but hopefully it drives us to uh, a deeper understanding, a deeper belief, at the, you know, the power of God, the power of forgiveness, the power of love, and, and man, it's all, it all stems from the character of God. So uh, just just awesome stuff. And then, you know, the, the, the other message that's so important, and, and I, I am very passionate about it as well, and, and sometimes it, you just throw your hands up because you, you don't even know what to do about it, but the embracing of differences, diversity, and ultimately just love. I mean, it's just loving your neighbor. So that's what it comes down to. You know, how, what, are, what, what is everything broken down into? How does Jesus break it down? Love God, love people. And, and if we lived that way, all these other issues you know, are, are viewed through that lens. And so for us to have hatred toward somebody because of their skin color, I mean, come on. I mean, it's, just, it's just ridiculous if we, if we truly love God and love people and, and understand what God has called us to. There's no room for that, that, this hatred for, for people that are different than us. And sure, we've got, you know, there are biases that we wrestle with and, you know, because of where we're, we're raised and, and all that sort of thing. And, and we think, oh, man, people from the north or people from the south or this or that or this denomination of churches is this or that or, you know, whatever. We, we've got all those different biases and they're all, you know, thro- not to mention all the political stuff, but it's all there. But I think if, if we truly embrace Loving God, loving people, it breaks down those, uh, those feelings that lead to hatred. We can recognize the differences and the idea of agree to disagree. It's like, come on, we got to do that. Yet you, you jump on Facebook, you turn on the news, and it's just not that way. And so we have to continue to go back and continue. It's like, it's like elementary-type principles. Just love your neighbor, regardless of what, you know, what their background is or however you differ. Whatever differing opinions we've got, I mean, come on, we gotta, we gotta continue to just get back to the basics. Uh, it's just, yeah. So we embrace diversity, and it's not even, it's it, it, like that to me is like secondary because if we just embrace loving people, then of course we embrace diversity because we're all diverse. Like even like my brothers and I, we're we're very similar in many many ways. But if you get to know any of us, you know, I'm one of three boys. There are, there are differences, but we got to embrace the differences. My youngest brother has, you know, interests that are different than mine. He's a video game guy. I don't play video games anymore. But I, I, but it's something, you know, as silly like that could create, you know, conflict or whatever. Um, and we have different views, you know, different views within our extended family. And, but there's still, there still has to be that level of love there to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not on the same page with you there, but I love you. I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to turn my back on you. Um, we're just going to have to, you know, embrace our differences, learn to live together, learn to love each other. So, um, and I'm talking about simple things here. And, and of course, what we talked about with Chris was, you know, the extreme side of racism when a white guy goes into a black church and, and kills people. Um, that's played out the worst way. But to me, the, you know, the steps toward that, it's still this level of, building up hate toward someone that is different and so what combats that is early on you know how we're raised and how we're raising our kids and understanding the elementary principle of love your neighbor 
and, and love ultimately we're able to love our neighbor when we love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And, and that's, what's, that's what's needed. And so we can't solve all the hatred and the diversity issues and, and all of that, that that goes on with that uh, unless we've experienced the love of God. And then, you know, the forgiveness, too, that, that goes along with that goes back to our understanding of just how much we've been forgiven ourselves uh, when we ex- accept and receive that grace and forgiveness that Jesus offers us. So so thanks for sticking around. I, I enjoy uh, th- this time that we get to share uh, after the interviews to just, I, I'm, I don't have notes in front of me today. Uh, it's just my heart. Yeah, I'm, so I'm just sharing with you uh, what's on my heart and, and really, really love Chris Singleton and his story and how God is using him. So awesome. So inspiring. And so we'd love to know your thoughts. Let, let me know. Bryce at unpackingit.com. Bryce at unpackingit.com. And as always, as we wrap things up, as you know, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening. It's been the Unpacking It podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week. 